Tequila is now a global phenomenon. With numerous brands and types available, it has transcended its traditional image of a rustic local spirit and is often enjoyed in cocktails, shots, and sipped neat. High-quality, 100% agave tequilas have gained recognition for their craftsmanship and flavor profiles. In this episode of the Latino Business Report, my guests are Omar and Zandra Casaneda, the founders and co-owners of 1824 Tequila. Today, tequila is a symbol of Mexican culture and craftsmanship, celebrated around the world. Its history reflects a blend of ancient traditions and the influence of European settlers, resulting in a unique and beloved spirit that continues to evolve and captivate enthusiasts worldwide. Next time you're enjoying a margarita or have a shot of tequila, you will have a better understanding and appreciation of this carefully crafted spirit. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Latino Business Report. Today's going to be a fun episode because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite beverages, tequila. Yes, you heard me right, tequila. Recently, I came across a new tequila on the market. It's 1824 Tequila. And uh, I was curious about them. I looked into them a little bit. I checked out their website, which is a great website. I love their bottling. I love their marketing. And so I said, let me track down the owners. So I tracked down the owners of 1824 Tequila and find out it's a young husband and wife team that woke up one day and decided, we are going to start a tequila company. Well, maybe that's not the accurate story, but they decided to go into it, and we have them both today, and we're going to be talking about their journey and the business that they're in of actually producing tequila. Today we have with us Omar and Zandra Casineda. Omar, Zandra, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Zandra, you doing okay? Yes, thank you for having us. No, no, thank you for being on, on, on the podcast. I know we're right in the uh, Hispanic Heritage Month is, has started, and what better way to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month but with a good bottle of tequila. And as I'm a, my palate is a little more refined. I'm not like your average person. I'm, I'm, really, I'm not going to consider myself a connoisseur, but I do like tequilas. And I've tried a lot, and I have my favorites, and I'm uh, very interested in what you guys have done here because it seems uh, I've tried your Blanco. And I was really impressed with it. And um, a little later on in the show, I actually have a bottle of your Añejo sitting here in front of me. I think I'm going to crack the, the the top on this and try it as we're talking. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be driving anymore today, so we're okay. So uh, I mentioned the Blanco. Uh, I have a bottle of Añejo in front of me. And then, of course, there's the Reposado. So there's three types of tequilas uh, made in the industry. And can one of you kind of explain the difference between the three? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, so after tequila is distilled, um, if it is predominantly an unaged tequila, um, essentially you are drinking what's called a blanco. Um, after a blanco, you basically take that tequila and then you undergo an aging process, um, which can be anywhere between three, three months and 12 months. 
Um, those are called reposado. After 12 months, um, from 12 months to 24 months, you age a product that then is turned into what's called an añejo. Um, and so we offer one of each, a blanco, a reposado, and an añejo. Our blanco is... Un- so the blanco... the Okay, the blanco is unaged, and the reposado, how long do you age your reposado? Um, just about six months, and we utilize American uh, white oak virgin barrels. Okay. And then our... Now, when you say... Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead, JR. Now, when you say virgin barrels, explain that to me. So there's a practice in the industry to utilize barrels that have already aged a, another product. Um, like whiskey. Correct. Whiskey or another tequila or, you know, even wine. There's there's various reasons to do it. It could be add to the flavor. It could be just because it's more economical. Um, we wanted to keep true to the spirit of agave. So we therefore chose to utilize a virgin barrel that had not been previously utilized for any other product. So, Sandra, when you, so after you use the barrel, you discard it or, so each, each batch is in virgin barrels? Correct. Each of our tequilas wow. uh, is in virgin barrels. Um, for example, our reposado, however, um, if it goes past the time frame that we choose for our profile, which is between six to eight months max, um, we then allow it to become our añejo. So if we surpass okay. the pull date for our profile, we then allow it to become our añejo. If that now, makes not sense. saying this is the, yes, and not saying it's the year case, but I know that, at least from my experience, I like to try the blanco, the white tequila with, with different folks because that is the purest form of the, the, the tequila. As it's mixed, it's profile. You can't hide it. You can't mask the flavor. You can't do anything because sometimes in the aging, especially whether it's a añejo that's been aging for a period of time in a whiskey barrel, the color, the darkness, they'll start absorbing from the wood. And you also can mask imperfections and add other flavors. But I really like what you guys are doing of keeping it pure all the way down. So I didn't realize that, that you had virgin barrels and that, that that's impressive. So you really are, are trying to keep it as uh, pure agave as, as possible. Now, on your label, and I have a bottle right here in front of me right now that I'm looking at, it's 100% agave. There's a lot of tequilas that are uh, um, a mix, if you will, or a synthetic mix. But for it to be considered a tequila, it has to be what, at least 51% agave? 100% blue agave. Now, 100% is what you guys do, but other other tequila manufacturers, some we could... I mean, for it to be considered a tequila, it has to be a certain percentage of, of um, agave, and I think it's 51%, if I'm not mistaken. I may be wrong. So so in order to call it tequila, it has to be made from the plant Blue Weber Agave. Um, there are, you know, your 100% Blue Weber Agave tequilas, which are all your, mm-hmm. you know, pure tequilas. And there are the gold, right, or they're just tequila, which is also made with, uh, blue Weber agave, but they're in combinations of like the head and tail and all the scraps that, you know, uh, less purified spirit. Um, and that's why a lot of people say, you know, when you drink certain brands that are just tequila and not 100%, um, you'll get that hangover, right? Because they're less pure, less, less pure. You get a lot of the impurities from, from uh, that you don't get in the 100% Blue Weber agave. 
So, Mar, the, is that true, or is that just a marketing ploy to make sure they buy the good stuff and not the well, the, un, the unpure stuff? Well, I don't know if you ever went to Cancun or to across the border when you were 18, 19, or 21, I'll say, uh, and drank that, uh, you know, cheap gold tequila that a lot of people got hangovers or sick from. I'm sure you can ask them, and they'll tell you it's true. <laughs> I, I can appreciate that, but at the same time, my palate is a little bit more refined, and I still get a little bit of a hangover even over the expensive stuff. So, but just have a this is true. a good a good bowl of menudo the following morning, and then that should help with that with that hangover. But anyway, so the the virgin the virgin um, barrels for aging impressive, and so you said on your profile you do about six months for the uh, reposado, and you age the añejo how long? Uh, that one goes a little bit over. It's a younger añejo, so 14, 14 to 16 months is a right, right around that full time. Okay. So getting into this, I mean, it, it's not like you can just, with the exception of the Blanco, it's just not that you bottle it and go. it can go out for, for distribution and start selling it. I mean, the aging process, how many, do you have warehouses full of, uh, of barrels of tequila aging right now? We, we do have a section in our distillery. Um, you know, we do contract out of distillery uh, right now, uh, but we do have a section of barrels for, for 1824 uh, where that's being aged. Okay. And where's your distillery at? New Mexico? Correct. In the Highlands, uh, Arandas, Jalisco. Okay. Now, um, for a tequila to be even considered a tequila, it has to come from uh, either the state of Jalisco or a few designated regions that the government has designated as okay to grow tequila um, Omar, can you can explain that a little bit for us that, of why the government regulates the product and why it has to be out of certain regions? Um, you know, I, I don't know the legalities behind it, but uh, it does have something to do with the climate um, and the, uh, the land, right? In order to, to grow that, that Blue Weber Agave, right. it requires certain standards for the soil. Um, and not every state in Mexico can can meet those certain standards for that. Well, even though it's a completely different product, and you can make an analogy, kind of like, you know, wines. I mean, wineries, you can't, yeah, you can grow grapes in a lot of places, but for to get that wine quality grape flavor has to be in certain areas of the United States or in different parts of the world. So, and a lot of people don't realize that tequila, I mean, especially you're more refined in your, and your premium tequilas, I mean, it can be like a fine wine. I mean, they have a bouquet, uh, they have body to them, they have legs, they have a, they have a, uh, I mean, they have a lot of attributes similar to other drinks. And I, for one, I will admit it on this podcast that I am a, not only a uh, a fan of tequila, but also a avid consumer from time to time. But I do drink responsibly. But uh, I got some, I got some favorite brands out there, and I'm really curious uh, to find out more about your brand. In that um, its profile, its flavor, at least the blanco, uh, I enjoyed. I, I just while we were talking, I just cracked the the seal on this añejo that I'm going to try here in a little bit with you. But there, it, it's a long process. How long does it take to actually grow a blue agave and prepare it for harvesting? So for the blue weber agave to grow, it requires uh, seven. Well, seven years is the standard time frame. Um, that's when it's considered fully mature. Now, okay. because of the uh, the amount of production and you know 
tequila, uh, the CRT, the, the regulatory council has allowed for, to be able to pull at four years. So some distilleries, some, uh, some brands that are, you know, on the, on the heavier production side tend to mm-hmm. pull, at, you know, four five, six, six year mark. Um, of course you're not going to get a, a, a full agave, um, and you know, full body agave, but it's allowed now. So by, by pulling in earlier, like at four years, does that affect the, the flavor or the quality of the, of the end product? I would say yes. It's, I would say, you know, kind of uh, comparing it to like a a pineapple, right? If you get a full mature pineapple and you eat it, it's much sweeter than if it's, you know, picked early. All right. And uh, let me kind of slide in that, the the pineapple, if you will, because as the blue agave uh, grows and it's harvested, they, the people will, with machetes, chop away the leaves, dig into the ground, pull up that root, which is referred to as the, the piña. And then, um, Sandra, do you want to kind of explain where it goes once once it's harvested or that, that piña is harvested out of the ground? Yeah, so once the piña reaches the desi- desired maturity age, um, whether it be, you know, personal preference or be required by the CRT, um, that piña then goes to the distillery Um, And then once it reaches the distillery, it can undergo a couple of different methodologies um, for cooking the piña. And so it can go either um, autoclave or a brick oven. Um, There's various ways that you can actually cook the piña. And then once that piña is then cooked uh, for the standard of choice, it then uh, undergoes fermentation. Um, And so the fermentation process is where some of those proprietary ingredients are used uh, and vary brand by brand, um, which then allow to have a liquid that can now be distilled. Um, And the distillation process itself can be unique to the brand. Uh, You can distill twice or as many as four times. Uh, We distill twice. Uh, We don't um, feel the need to distill any more than that. Um, And that is how our tequila is produced. Okay. So you basically get the piña, you cook it down, and that's and once it's cooked down is where yourself or other tequila companies will add ingredients. I've seen, I've heard of and tasted, you know, pepper, chocolate, different type of, of flavors. Some will even roast the agave plant. So is there any additives you put into 1824? So in our Blanco and our Reposado, we did not add anything at all. Um, we really wanted to keep it true uh, to the spirit. The the Añejo is the one product that we did add something to, um, and we added just a small amount of agave nectar, just to give it a little suggestion of a sweetness on the palate. Uh, it's certainly not in a quantity that makes it a liqueur or anything by that means. Um, it's just a very small amount that uh, usually, honestly, only people that have a more refined palate can actually point out. So, But it's the nectar of the agave, so it's not like you're adding a, a, a different type of substance. You're keeping everything... Pure, pure agave in your in your in your tequila. Correct. One of the uh, concepts that we really had, one of the concepts that we really had um, in producing our tequila was really to bring, uh, you know, just a really good product, a really uh, pure product, something that we could really stand behind. Um, we still market it as a very affordable price point. It you know means we're not millionaires, but it means that the average consumer. 
uh, can really get a really great premium tequila for a really affordable price point. Okay, let's talk about that. What what is the price point on your on your tequilas? So you can find it really depends because we don't dictate the the retail price. We can suggest it, but our suggested retail price on the blanco is between twenty nine to thirty four. Uh, the repo is 34 to 39, and the añejo is about 44 to 49, depending on. Uh, so, you know, those are suggested. You can certainly find them in between any anywhere in the uh, greater Austin area, um, okay. more or less what the pricing is. And this is what I find very interesting. And I know you're a young couple. You've uh, started your own tequila company. Uh, you have you 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 grow and distill in in Mexico. But you're doing your own distribution. Yes. Okay. To me, that seems crazy. But okay. So, you, <laughs> when the product comes in from Mexico, you just load up your trucks and just start distributing, or how does that work? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, very early on, we learned a hard lesson. We we learned that we needed a forklift. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. The first truck came in. Uh, when was it, Dave? Like 2000 and when was our first shipment? Our, our anniversary date. Right? Yeah. Ironically, this business continues to rock, run around our anniversary dates. But our first shipment was received um, on August 1st, 2018. And our, our anniversary is August 1st, 2009. Yeah. So but Omar, we you, you, you knew that already, right? You have yes. your anniversary date memorized, I'm sure. I have it in my calendar. There you go. You have it tattooed on your arm. Okay. So I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Omar, you're originally from Mexico. Is that correct? Or or not? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was born you're in Mexico. And Obviously. you two met. What? Where did you guys meet? We met in Corpus Christi, Texas. In Corpus Christi, Texas. So, Sandra, you meet this guy. You figure he's kind of cute. You kind of like him. And then uh, you find out he's a bit of an entrepreneur. And... Um, he has this idea, and before before the show we were talking, so, Omar, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but, dude, you've had two other businesses that you told me about uh, that didn't work out. Now you're trying this third one. But I tell you what, this is a heck of an investment. I mean, you got the land. you got to plant the, plant the agaves. They have to mature. You have to harvest. You have to melt them down. You have to do it. You have to bottle. So it's not like it's going to be an overnight cash flow process. So... Sandra, you married in. You married this guy. Any any second thoughts at this point, or, or are you still okay with with hanging in there and 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 picking up? You know, driving a forklift to to deliver these cases of tequila. <laughs> this is a question I ask myself every day, Jr. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want this to be a marriage counseling session, but I'm just kind of going that that that's a, that's a now and and kudos here because that not only is that a lot of risk, but that's also a lot of focus and determination i mean i i just respect the heck out of both of you for taking on such a such a huge uh uh project thank you for yeah, yeah. i will i will say jr that you know i've never felt more confident in launching something um my wife and i know it's not like a marriage counseling or anything but she's she's a special person and so you know she's super determined and i will say that she is the reason why we're still here after 2020 uh, and you know she's she basically she quit her career her dream career to join me in this venture and you know what more can you ask right of, of a partner to quit their own to help 
help you with yours. Okay. Well, Omar, just kind of uh, sit back from your mic for a second. And let me let me ask your wife because. So, Sandra, how how do you feel about this? <laughs> uh, I feel that uh, sometimes it feels a little crazy, honestly. Um, if I would have known then uh, what I know now about launching your own tequila brand, uh, being the importer, being the wholesaler, being the distributor, being your account acquisition, your sales force, your media force, your account reconciliation, I would have said, no way. This is a lot of work to do. Um, but we've learned a lot and it's really chaotic and we deliver up to three days, a di- you know, three full days a week um, on top of meeting with all of our partners. We currently have over 150 partner restaurants, uh, stores and bars. Um, and that is a lot. That is a lot to really uh, manage amongst two people. Um, I would say that uh, any any couple that can handle um managing a business successfully, uh, their marriage can probably withstand anything. Very true. Very true. Um, but your, your own distribution, how, how big is your, your distribution footprint? I know you're in Austin. How far, how far out do you go? Or, Or let me rephrase that. Where can people find and purchase your product? So we deliver as far North as the temple clean Harker Heights area. Um, all through Gerald, Georgetown, Liberty Hill, Leander, uh, Cedar Park, all of North Austin, uh, various spots throughout Central Austin, as far east as, as Maynard and Bastrop, as far west as Dripping Springs and Spicewood, as far south as Buda. And then because we also um, have a big network and support system in Corpus Christi, where I'm originally kind of born and raised, um, we have a market down there as well. Um, so when we travel down there for, 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 for personal, we kind of mix a little bit of business in there and, and, you know, kind of maintain those relationships and those partners down there as well. So our website has a a great, a great amount of, of specific locations that we continuously update. Um, but if anybody had any specific question, they could definitely just reach out to us on social media and we'd be happy to answer that question. Great. So I kind of read between the lines there, Sandra. So when you go to Corpus, and see family, you go ahead and bring a truck and make some deliveries so you can ride off the trip. Well, <laughs> yeah. Listen, no. <laughs> you have to be very it's successful a to be able to write things off. <laughs> you have to have there you to go. write off things. So I know. you got to make money to write it off. Correct. And I can only imagine, I, I may be assuming, but if I was in your shoes, I'm sure there's a lot of friends and family members that get bottles that get bottles of tequila for Christmas, right? And their birthdays. Yes. There, there you go. There you go. Okay, uh, I'm going to do this right now. I've, I've, I've broken the seal. I've poured me a nice uh, double shot of your tequila, having it here neat. And I let it, I'm letting it breathe a little bit. It has a nice bouquet. Let me taste this thing here. Wow. It goes down smooth. That's that's the number one answer usually. Wow. <laughs> wow, smooth. A little bit of a bite, but not not bad at all. It yeah. uh, your blanc your blanco really cleared my sinuses the other night when I tried it. I was kind of kind of little a little uh, sinuses, little hay fever or something, and took a couple of shots of that, and it kind of cleared my sinuses. But this one is nice. I mean. 
It's still wow. a little bit of barrel. You know, you get a little bit of that sweetness at the, the back palate. Yeah, it, it it is nice. And I'll I'll just share with you my my one of my favorite my go to tequila, my, my personal go to tequila is Don Julio. And Don Julio Reposado. And I'm kind of hooked on that and I'm yeah. I'm a very hard sell when it comes to tequilas, but I tell you what, I am glad I'm trying this and thumbs up guys. You did a good job. Thank this you. is definitely something I would I would purchase uh and, and stick in my collection. And I think what's important, at least for me, oh, some people just abuse tequila so much. And when I talk about abuse, I mean shots. Shot glasses, they're fine for when you're in college or having a party or trying to get a, a quick uh buzz or whatever, but I drink my tequilas out of a, either a brandy or a sniffer glass. You put it in there, room temperature, and you sip it. It should be, a, to me, a premium tequila is sipping, and it makes no sense, and this is just me, it makes no sense to get a good premium tequila like 1824, your Añejo brand, and stick it into a margarita or stick it into someplace. It's like, it makes no sense. I mean, you're just kind of, to me, it's just wasting a good tequila. So can you kind of, one of you kind of explain um, the difference of, of why do some of these, I know it jacks up the price, but why do people, I don't understand it, put a premium tequila and mix it in a, in a margarita? And I'm at a loss. Can, you, can either of you help me here? I mean, I, I feel like at this point, it's really all about preference, right? There's no right or wrong way. Of course, you know, People that really truly enjoy tequila, they want to sip it, they want to taste it, they want to, you know, get that that initial, I guess, flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to tell those differences, right? Um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting it in a margarita per se, uh, but again, it's it's about preference. I I, I want to say. That. Spoken like a true salesman, just buy my bottle of tequilas and I don't care what you do with it after you buy it. But okay. I will add one thought though. I will add one thought though. So of course we work with lots of partner restaurants. Um, and, and the reality is that many of our partner restaurants are really trying to elevate the cocktail game. Um, the cocktail game, especially here in central Texas, is trying to reach a, a different level, you know, like a, a more pure concept. Um, some of these mixologists are really bringing some really high caliber um, ingredients to their to their recipes and to their cocktails. And so whenever they think of our product, those purists, they love the idea of using our tequila as their cocktail, you know, tequila of choice for the Blanco or the Reposado because they're seeking more pure products. And so the highest form of okay. respect that our restaurant patrons can do is say, I want my cocktails to be at a higher level. Therefore I'm using your tequila. So that's also another perspective on the situation. Yeah. And we have, we have seen that, that trend, right? We, we, when we first started, you know, you would see a lot of the, you know, just whatever tequila, the, the $7, $10 tequila on the well, uh, in many places. And now you, you know, you turn around and you see and as people become more aware of what's in their drinks, they, they start to kind of elevate their, their, their standards. Right. And so mm-hmm. you no longer will accept a subpar tequila in your drink because you know, you know, the sugars of the margarita or the whatever drink, plus the sugars and the impurities in a, you know, 
subpar tequila call for a really nasty hangover, right? And so as you start to put in these premium products, you know, the pure, the more pure products uh, using the fresh lime juice, the agave nectar, as opposed to just sugar and triple sec, um, really help to, you know, elevate that, that, that drink, you know, that excellent point. Excellent points, and, and and by no means am I trying to diss margaritas. I'm just not a. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if, I mean, I they're great. I've enjoyed many of them, uh, but I just uh, I, I guess like you said, I'm in that category of just a little bit more refined palate when it comes to tequilas. Yeah. And if I want to enjoy, if I want to drink tequila, I want to enjoy it. And, and that's, um, that's that's how we got started, right? We we went to Mexico. We tasted these great extrañejos, añejos, and visited you know, what, 32, 33 different distilleries before we, you know, nailed one down. So, you know, we could definitely appreciate a good tequila. Um, you know, I guess our biggest, our, our biggest, uh, or my biggest pet peeve here is the uh, celebrity-owned tequilas, you know, coming into the industry. That, <laughs> boy, it's just... Right. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you're a celebrity you're well known but what the hell do you know about tequilas you know that that's a that's a crazy little process itself now Mar, you said you you've tasted a lot of tequilas in mexico and, and so have i uh one time i was in mexico city sitting in uh in a little ca- a little tequila cafe in la zona rosa and they had all these tequilas in uh in alphabetical order and so the group i was with we started with the a's I think we made it to C or D. Um, can't remember much after that, but there's so many. But the actual tequila, the alcohol content in tequila in Mexico is different than what's exported to the U.S. Can you can you explain that? Yeah, well, actually, I can't. But yes, you're right. Okay. Thirty-five <laughs> percent. You know. You, I, I'm sorry. One more. One more time. What? You're what getting thirty-five percent in Mexico, right? So when you go to Mexico and you try a tequila, it's bound to even if you try the same brand here and you, then you go over there, you, you're going to find it a little bit smoother, right? Because the alcohol content's less. Uh, here, it's you have to import it at 40% plus. So 40% hmm. alcohol by volume in Mexico, 35%. There are some that are even 33%. Um, so definitely a lot smoother because of the, the know, content. Yeah. Do, you, do, you know, do you know why? Or is that just one of those mysteries where it'll never be... Well, that, that's kind of a, I don't understand why it's forced to import at 40%. I, I would assume it has something to do with, you know, the trademark and, yeah. and Mexico. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I couldn't even say. Okay, fair enough. And there's some tequilas, which I just shake my head at. I've seen them. They add gold flakes into the tequila. I mean, yeah, now you're talking about like just the marketing aspect of. Uh, yeah, it has gold flakes. You can't. What it has gold flakes? I mean, it doesn't. It, it just there again, marketing yeah. and and what I consider just uh, unnecessary things. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who still. We talk about tequila, and I was just talking to somebody the other day, and they said, "Oh yeah, tequila." Because yeah. we were talking about the Jesse Says, uh, or the uh, the Hispanic heritage, and we started talking about tequilas. And I go, yeah, but but I, I don't have the I don't have the courage to, to eat the worm at the bottom. And I go, no, 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 no. Tequila does not have a worm at the bottom. People will still mistake or, or confuse mezcal and tequila, two different products. Um, so for anybody listening who may not 
be aware the 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 worm at the bottom of the bottle is not a tequila that is a mezcal and that's something completely different and then interestingly enough it was um i guess the great grandfather of uh, tequila was pulque and back in the day um i think it was only the um aztecs uh, royalty and priests and high level people in society were the only ones allowed to drink it and then when tequila came in i believe it was the spaniards who brought the um, distilling process to it? They learned that and were able to um, to start this distilling tequila. But one of the things I find interesting is I've been doing my own little research on tequila, and this has been years ago. That in the early years of tequila, once they would, would cook that piña down, they would get the liquid. Uh, they would have liquid. They'd dig these these vats in the ground and have the liquid in there, and then to start the fermentation process. The workers, men, would strip down naked and jump into those vats and start churn, churning it around, and mix it up like like grapes, you know, like like uh, you you stomp your grapes with your feet. The process was the men would jump in, and what would happen is the um, um, their skin would kind of flake off into into the the liquid product, and that their human skin would start the fermentation process. And I said, "Well, why the hell are they getting naked?" And I go, "Well, because of the aesthetic, or the acid in the in in there. What would happen if they went in there with their clothes? Their clothes would just kind of disintegrate and be eaten up by the acid. So a lot of them only had one or two sets of clothes, so they jumped in there naked. And I'm going, "Well, hell, if it's eating up the clothes, what parts of the body is that darn stuff eating up too? I mean, it made no. But that's the way now." Listener, they do not do that anymore, okay? There's health regulations and everything else. But in the early early days of, of distilling tequila, I don't know if you guys knew that, but men would jump in naked into the big vats of the liquid to get the fermentation process started, which is a little bizarre, but hey, it worked. It worked. Um, guys, we're almost out of time. I want to thank you again. Any, any, any thoughts, closing thoughts or things about tequila? Can, can you, I don't know, is it even legal? Can you get your tequila online or not? We're working on that uh, now to get a, a bigger footprint and being able to ship directly from here. Uh, okay. Um, working with the uh, Yeah, because the footprint you described, there's a lot of folks I know in, um, that listen to the podcast that are in, in various parts of the country, and it's like they can't just zip down to Austin, Texas, or Central Texas to to to, to try a bottle. So you got that. In the meantime, what is your um, website address? One more time. www.tequila1824.com. 1824.com. And you and Sandra, you said you have. If anybody has any questions for you, they can just um, reach out to you on your on your social media, your Facebook, or your website, and ask you questions. You guys will get back to them. Yeah, definitely. So um, because we still handle our own, you know, social media, um, and we also see all the inquiries that come in directly from our website. Um, feel free to just reach out with any questions. If you're not sure where to get our product, uh, a specific store near you, um, you know, I'm quick to respond within the hour on, on the closest store near you. Um, and then just some parting thoughts. You kind of asked that JR is I would just say that, um, for all the podcast listeners out there, um, including those that maybe are not here in Texas though, I would say, um, just to support your local brands, um, you know, this journey, you know, starting our sixth year now um, and surviving 2020, 2021, the aftermath, you know, it's been a very enduring task to do. Um, and I think that the more and more people realize that supporting local entities um, really helps, you know, 
local businesses, um, it, it truly does make an impact. Um, word of mouth and supporting local is very impactful. Um, and so we're super appreciative to all the friends who we've had, you know, loyal uh, partners and customers this entire time. So we hope to continue that with other customers as well. Great message, Sandra. Great message. And Amaris, um, did, did I read this someplace or am I mistaken? I understand that um, 1824 tequila is a is a good immunization or preventative for COVID. I, I <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. Okay, I, let, I, let, I, let me I, say. This. Okay, officially, it's not, guys. Let's be very clear. It's not, but in my mind, it's a good preventative measure to boost my own immune system. So I'm going to uh, continue to try 1824 to boost my immune system. And come on, let's look. If you're Latino and you've been, you know. Tequila is a cure-all for everything. You know, when you're growing up, you're sick. Mijito, you're a little sick. You got a runny nose. Have some tequila. Have some tequila. Um, and if and if tequila couldn't handle it, that's when you go to your your crackers, your Sprite, and your your Vicks uh, your Vicks for your Vicks formula to rub on your chest. So it's there. But guys, I really I really have to tell you, and I'm not kidding around. As we've been talking, as you can see, I've been I've been sipping on this glass. This is a, a good tequila, the añejo. Uh, your blanco was good. And I would probably mix your, your Blanco with, with I'd probably make a margarita with it. But uh, as far as your Añejo, I'm not mixing this stuff with anything. This thing is, it's smooth. It goes down. It doesn't leave a, there's real no aftertaste to it. And um, I'm glad to know, I mean, aged in, in virgin barrels and, and with a little bit of uh, other stuff you do, it's pure. I mean, it's organic, really. I mean, it's a great tequila. So definitely a thumbs up for whatever it's worth from me. Congratulations. And uh, I'll leave each of you, if you have any parting words or messages before we, before we wrap it up. Zandra, you want to go first? Since you, you, are, you are the female, so ladies first. Oh, thank you. Now, I just want to You're say welcome. thank you so much for reaching out to us, JR. I know we've had a little struggle with both of our hectic schedules, but we do really appreciate you and uh, really look forward to a great uh, collaboration with you guys. Same here. Omar, any parting words, any thoughts, yeah, suggestions? Yeah. Same thing. Thank you for having us on. I know you know, it's been a little bit back and forth, but glad to be on. Um, and I will just, you know, kind of piggyback off what Sandy said, uh, you know, support your local businesses. It, it, it is truly, you know, you're truly supporting just more than the product. You're supporting, a, you know, their, their, their family and, you know, uh, their, their day to day, you know, other than, you know, buying somebody else another mansion. And I won't sure. say that. Support buy buy local and support your your local businesses. And as a small business, I mean, because you guys are a small business. I mean, you're a big operation, but you're a small business. How how many employees do you have? It's four of us now, right? Wow, you've doubled in size since we first met. Yeah. So you know, the original trio was uh, you know Omar's dad and and Omar and myself. Um, And then you know we've had a little bit of contract contract work here and there, but we have only really recently brought on somebody full-time to really help us um, because we are uh, spreading ourselves very thin, which we're appreciative for, but as you can imagine, the demand is high. And you deliver, you do all the distribution yourself, right? Yeah. I personally handle about 95% of our distribution. Okay. Sandra, if it's okay with you, I'm going to send you... um, my uh, my home address, and when you make those distribu- those those distributing runs, just stop at my house. You can leave it on the front porch. I got one of those doorbells. I'll I'll make sure my neighbor picks it up or something. But 
Uh, just put me down for about a case of Añejo at least once a month, and I think we'll be good. Just a case, right? But just, uh, case. just hey, just a case. Well, maybe two during the holiday season so I can give some away as gifts, you know. Uh, guys, you've uh, my name is J.R. Gonzalez. You've been listening to the Latino Business Report, and our guests today have been Omar and Sandra uh, Castaneda, the proprietors, owners, distributors, bottle washers, cleanup people of um, – 1824 tequila. It is a, uh, uh, it's a good product. I love your bottle. Your bottles look good. Um, very impressed. And I think I'm equally as impressed with both of you as young entrepreneurs. I say young, I mean, you're young to me, but to have the, the courage, the foresight and the bandwidth to be able to take on the project and go, we are going to make this thing a success. And after tasting your tequila, you will be successful. You just need to Keep marketing and keep distributing and getting more people to try it because I know they'll come back and buy it. Once again, J.R. Gonzalez, Latino Business Report. You can find all our, our complete body of work online at, uh, at our website, which is latinobusinessreport.com. We also have our library of work on um, YouTube for those who prefer that. Also on our website, we have uh, mechanisms where you can reach out to us, talk to us. We'll be, we'll be happy to respond. And we're always looking for new ideas for, pop, for podcasts subjects so if you have an idea or you know somebody feel free to let us know till then guys be careful if you're in the central texas area this holiday season look for 1824 on the shelves drink responsibly and enjoy the holidays and we're in the middle of we're we're now into hispanic heritage month so you owe it to yourself your people your heritage drink more tequila (laughs) all right guys we're out of here thank you very much Thank 